Welcome to the Mar Experience, Stories of Recovery. I'm Matt Shedd. Daryl describes his first drink at age 15 as a spiritual experience, and it worked for about a year. Over the next several decades, he experienced fear and confusion as drugs were added into the mix. He eventually made his way to Mar, coming to treatment here twice and getting kicked out the second time. He eventually got sober and claims that if it weren't for Mar, he's sure he'd be dead. Resistant to the idea of a higher power, after he was kicked out of Mar, he finally got desperate enough to ask for help from something bigger than himself, which he was able to find with the help of his cat. I'd never, I didn't want to drink. I was scared of drinking because uh, I watched two two members of my family just were, were destroyed by alcohol. I had a cousin who was absolutely, he was in and out of, uh, it was a mental lockup. And uh, they would give them shock treatments. And uh, it, it was a horrible situation uh, for alcoholics. I don't think it did, did them any good unless they just, you know, quit because they didn't want to go back. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was it was Central State in uh, Tennessee, and I remember saying, uh, listening to my parents talk when I was a little kid about this one cousin I had, and he was locked up, and he had told the doctor that he'd rather have a tall boy than anything on earth, and uh, and he had been there a couple of months, and I thought, my God, you know. I don't want to, you know, it didn't sound like fun, you know, being locked up and, and, and I didn't want to drink. Mm-hmm. But I'd always been, uh, <clears throat> I needed a drink, but I didn't understand uh, what it would what it would do for me and until I actually took a drink. But I, mean, I, I, I could not sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a terrible, horrible fear of not being able to get to sleep. Every night it started way before I'd go to bed, and I, and I would go to bed and lay there and not be able to sleep. As and, a kid? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Just total insomnia. Wow. And uh, But it, it, I made it worse uh-huh. by just worrying about it. Sure. Because I worried about it. Sure. I worried about everything. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate. My parents, were, <laughs> my parents fought, and I worried about them getting a divorce. I worried about us going broke because my father... On the off-season, uh, he had a drive-in, and the off-season, he was always very concerned, you know, we're not, we're not, we're going to end up in a ditch. That, mm. was a, that was the terminology he used, and I said, my God, because I believed him. Yeah. Nobody else seemed to, but I did. I, I, I was preparing. You're preparing <laughs> to live in the ditch, I'm, huh? a, I'm preparing to go to the ditch. Yeah, and right. Wow. I don't know why I ditched. Yeah, right. But anyway, that's... And uh, the season would pass, and, and the good season of summer would come back, or Christmas would come back, and they'd make money again, and mm-hmm. it was forgotten until uh, it was over. But anyway, there was, there was an enormous amount of fear. I just took it up like a sponge. Sure, sure. So, so you yeah, you grew up with that fear kind of constant. Yeah, this was way before I drank. Then by when you were 15, that's when you started drinking? Yeah, that's when I had my first drink, and I was terrified of it. Um, it was four or five of us, and, and it was in the summertime, and we had some quarts of beer. And I remember I drank two quarts of beer, and whatever fear I had about alcohol was over because of what it did for me was just it was it was a spiritual experience, one hundred percent. I slept good that night. I, I I wasn't scared anymore. I was easy. It was easy to be around people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And things just got a lot better, and and I knew immediately, you know, Bill Wilson in, in his story says he discovered liquor, 
and and and, it, and it, I think for us it is it's discovery. It's, it's this oh now I can make it. Now I'm not scared anymore. Now I'm not nervous anymore. You know I can be around people. I can all these things. These doors just opened up, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like it's almost like I discovered what's wrong with me. I needed a drink. And uh, I've, whatever problems these other family members were having with alcohol, I, I knew it wasn't going to be me because it did so much for me. I, I, it, in the beginning, it did. That's the dirty trick of alcoholism. I mean, it starts out so good. It's like a marriage that's just <laughs> goes terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the end, there's nothing in it, you know, except memories. So how long did that honeymoon period last? I I always say a year. Mm-hmm. I, I think I had a year where there were there. I mean, things started to go wrong. There started to be blackouts. I, I started blacking out sort of early, and and I and I from from then on out, I was dealing with consequences. I crashed a few cars, and that was because of alcohol. And and finally, I I learned how to drive drunk, and so I didn't do that anymore. <clears throat> Whatever I had to do to make my life so I could drink, I did. Whatever work that entailed, I was going to do it because I wasn't going to stop drinking. Did you say you learned how to drive drunk? Yeah, well, I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you do that? I started paying, I, I started paying more attention to the uh, road. Okay, gotcha. Close one eye. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I ceased having car wrecks uh-huh. at about 22. And one of the reasons is I was scared to get on the road. Just, you know, like I said, just constantly dealing with the, 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 the problems alcohol caused wow. and trying to live with that. And it got real bad. Uh, there was a stage in there. What I started doing was drinking and passing out and then waking waking up and drinking and passing out, and this would just, there was no night and day. It was just me and, until somebody would drag me off. That was my first, I guess, actual treatment center. Mm-hmm. And I was a mess. I mean, a genuine mess. I was hallucinating so bad in there, coming off of the Librium and the alcohol, and I neglected neglected to tell them that I was on pills, and uh, they were giving me, <laughs> they were they were giving me like a Valium to to head this off. Uh, they thought I was just drinking, and I, and I'm climbing telephone poles. Right. I, I'm I'm losing it. Uh-huh. And so they finally called me in there and said, "What exactly were you taking? You're not right." And I, I said I was taking a lot of Librium. So they started me on Phenobarb, and. Uh, and I and, and I think I spent thirty five days without sleeping a wink. Oh wow! Yeah, it was it was muscle spasms. I, as a matter of fact, the doctor told me he said you're not going to be able to function for a year. You're going to have muscle spasms. It's just, you're just not going to be able to do it. You need to go to a halfway house. But the minute I heard that, even though I was hallucinating and I'm still I'm running this show yeah. I'm not going you know I'm not doing this I'm not doing that which is the reason I was 50 something years old by the final time because I was making the rules and I said absolutely not I'm not going to go and uh, I wish I could go back in time and 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 go yeah 
But anyway, I didn't. I refused. and uh, But I did stay off until the hallucinations stopped, which was a while. It was it was over a year before I could actually function fully again. Uh, then, of course, uh, it always it was dawning on me. And I'm going to AA. Yeah. But, you know, I, and I thoroughly believe everything in that book. I, I believe you got to have a spiritual experience in order to overcome alcohol. I, sitting around a meeting did not help me. Going mm-hmm. to meetings all the time did not help me. It wasn't until I had a spiritual experience that I was able to stop with God's help. That's just the facts for me. And I, I was a person who would fight you mm-hmm. talking about God because I didn't want to hear it. Right. I was an atheist and preached it. Yeah. I'd like to get drunk and argue with Christians. But anyway, um, I'd finally spent a year getting off of the, uh, you know, going to meetings and and staying away from alcohol and drugs, waiting for my mind to come back. And I was so grateful (laughs) that it did. I'm so grateful that the hallucinations finally stopped. And uh, That must have been so scary, not knowing, for a year, you're not knowing if... You're going to be okay. It's well, a long time. To, to tell you the truth, um, in treatment, I probably would have went along a lot. But, you know, my alcoholism, and and, and, and I use that term loosely, it, it was just I've got to have something out there. Mm-hmm. There's got to be something. And uh, and it, it turned into women real quick as, mm. as soon as I was able to get a little physically better. I see. And, uh, you know, I had to have a girlfriend immediately. Mm. And that's one reason I refused to go to a halfway house, which, I mean, it sounds insane when I say it now. It really does. But that that was it. I had to have a girlfriend. I'd Mm. go through a burning barn to get to a woman. Wow. You know? And and then so the dates leading up to Mar, you said you started smoking crack and then things descended pretty quickly <clears throat> yeah and it's funny i had spent some time uh sober mm. but i was absolutely miserable does it just absolutely could not stand to be in my own skin it seemed like it got worse mm. i spent uh, two or three years uh without drinking and just going to meetings and and, and being uncomfortable and angry and i, th- I don't know whether why i was doing it really i was out of spite or out of fear I had gotten a, real close to getting in a lot of trouble. I had a I had a wreck, and there was a school bus close by, and there, there were, the police were angry. Everybody was angry at Daryl, and so that's when I really get up and you know start. Well, I, I'm going to do it this time, mm-hmm. and uh, of course I wasn't doing anything. It was just I was sitting on my hands, and uh, having a, I, I had a miserable life until I finally drank again. And anyway, I had ran into somebody. Um, in a convenience store, and, they, and uh, it was a girl, and uh, and I, and she invited me over, and I went over a couple nights, and she was passing a pipe with this other girl, and I said, well, let me try that immediately. I don't know why, and, I, it, it, and when I first smoked it, I thought, well, this is great. It doesn't hurt my liver, and <laughs> it's not going to hurt my liver and, and uh <laughs> so many good things about it except that it costs a lot of money to keep that going 24 hours a day and you're up 24 hours a day if you're you're smoking it and so i went through everything absolutely everything and ended up in nashville on the street oh and then so what what got you into mar 
some people, a couple, there's a few people, including my brother and and a, and a, and a few other people that actually were trying to do something with me. Who decided, well, we're not going to just let him hang there, which they could have. Yeah, because you know I was on my way to being either shot because I do, I was doing some really stupid stuff yeah. for money, but they got me back. <clears throat> and, and they they just heard about Mar through somebody. I, what what had happened? Uh, uh, the the girl I was living with she disappeared, and so I went on a drunken binge for about a week, and ended up in the hospital. And in uh, that way, some people had a chance to come see me and go, you know, you got to do something. And 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 these twenty eight day treatment centers were a joke. You know, I could sit there. And just wait. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you can, you can bluff your way through 28 days. You just can't bluff your way through Mar. It just lasts too long. <laughs> Nobody can con their way that long. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're just here too long. You're yeah. Just, you know, it's just, you can't keep it going. And, uh, and anyway, they gave me all these choices, and I and Atlanta sounded good. Well, Atlanta, okay. And... Uh, and so I agreed to do it. I changed my mind a hundred times, but I agreed to do it. I was smoking crack when I talked to the lady down here. So when did they even let me come? When but you I, did the assessment? Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting there with my pipe and my <laughs> talking to her about, you know, and I'm like, God, I don't, I don't want to go down there. Yeah. And I've, made a, I've made a blunder. But uh, you know, I wasn't eating anything. I would they they had they tried everything to try to help me. They fixed it where I could only go get groceries, mm-hmm. and I would take the groceries, go to immediately to a crack dealer, trade all the groceries in for crack. Just wow. and and also I would get beer and trade that for crack. You know, it was just it was I wasn't able to function in this world, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I, I'm very blessed that I came to Mar. I'm very blessed because the time by the time I had gotten here, I, I was, I, you know, I kept looking at people that were on crack, and uh, I, I would always say, well, I won't end up like that. I'll never just steal something right in front of somebody because they actually, had, you know, there was people out there. It seems like they had no soul left. Mm-hmm. They, you know, if they have to have sex in the middle of the road to get a to get what they need, they would do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm I'm like I'm never I'm never I'm not going to go down that far. You know, I'm just going to enjoy this and remain human. But it starts taking your humanity away from you. You know, and and bit by bit, I became somebody who would steal anything you got and help you look for it. And uh, you know, it, it it's. You get to a point you don't care if you're alive or dead. You just want my deal is I want to go painless. Mm-hmm. You know, kill me painlessly and take me away. And um, my wife was up there with me. I mean, we had gotten a divorce. Uh, you know, we'd make these suicide packs in the morning. Of course, it didn't last. You know, it was just a, it was some kind of pipe dream. Well, there's a way we're going to control this situation. We're going to get out of it. Well, there wasn't a way out of it. Yeah, you just keep rolling with it. You keep going downhill, and uh, it, yeah, it was a nightmare, <clears throat> absolute nightmare. But anyway, uh, that was before Mar. After I got to Mar. Um, you know, things immediately got better. Yeah, what was it like? What was your first impression once you got got here? 
<laughs> I'm walking down the hall, and uh, and and I see somebody I know. It's like well, that's odd. I, I, you know, I, I've done come to Atlanta, and it's Matt Irwin. <clears throat> He's from my hometown. Oh, no kidding. And so I stopped. It's, this is what I remember. I stopped and said, I know you. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> you know me. But because he knew me, he wasn't involved in my treatment. I, Matt Irwin became this angel who every time I, every time it, it seemed like when I was about to lose it. I mean, they were about to let me go because I, I couldn't find a job. I was too crazy to find a job. Mm-hmm. I'd go in there. You don't want me, do you? Yeah, <laughs> or it was close to that. Yeah, you know, you don't you don't want me in here, and uh, I I couldn't find a job naturally. And you know, of course, Matt shows up. Hey, I know where you can go look. And uh, man, uh, you know, there's not enough to say about Matt Irwin. You know, he was he was just there. You know, because the rule was if you don't get a job in two weeks at that time, uh, you're out. Mm. And uh, and I was really worried because I knew what out meant for me. If I go back home, that's it. I'm over. Yeah, Because yeah. I'd already taken a um, – uh, uh, my mother had died while I was in here. Mm-hmm. And I went home to the funeral, and I, and I knew, you know. I, you know, I didn't even cry at my mother's funeral. I was so selfish, and I was so consumed with me and, and consumed with uh, – you know, I was so ashamed you know, that people were, you know, people are looking at me and I'm this washed out crackhead and mm-hmm. I'm and I'm trying to be at this funeral. It was just, uh, it was a bad situation. Later I did. Mm-hmm. Later I was able to talk to my mother. I mean, you know, pray in prayer. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful. And more, I'm so grateful I wasn't running around on the street while my mother's funeral was going on. So that uh, was, that, your mom... Pass away while you were here? Yes. The first time? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. So, so you, did my father. So you went, wow. But I'm not trying to hang any kind of big trauma thing. Yeah, no, yeah, I know. My yeah, problems yeah. are my creation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like the me and the psychiatrists used to talk about. <laughs> this is way before alcohol. We just, they sent me because I was in trouble. And we used to talk about my dysfunctional family. And as I've grown over, I can tell you that it is, per, it, it is a fact that the dif- dysfunction in my family was caused by me. If I had not been around, my I don't think my family would have been dysfunctional. Yeah. Even before you started <laughs> drinking, you think? Oh, yeah. I was a mess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Mess. Uh, and just erratic. Yeah. So so your your mom and your dad pass away the first, your first time and more you go back for both the funerals yes um and and somebody went with me both times yeah somebody from mar a, a patient yeah oh wow yeah. wow um what was the rest of treatment like i mean and also going through that in treatment i stayed in here 13 months the first time i and the you know the, the i i was telling them the truth i wanted to smoke crack you know, I had this craving that would not go away. And I think what happened to me is I didn't start getting honest with the sponsor. Uh, I still had, and believe it or not, I still had this arrogant streak where, you know, you're not going to tell me what to do. And I, I, it's embarrassing me for me to say that. 
I mean, after I've told you this other stuff, that anybody would be that stupid and arrogant. But um, it's an unbelievable disease. I, I believe 100% I was meant to die from it. Mm. I, I'm one of those people that don't make it. And uh, it was just because of some circumstances uh, that I'm here. So you, so you were there and you were being honest with them about you still wanted to smoke crack. Were, were, yeah, but that was in the beginning of okay. treatment here. After Afterwards, I I still wanted to, but I wasn't as honest about it. I, I got gotcha. you. You know, I've been here so long. I've been here six months. I can't, I can't, I can't be Can't keep honest. talking about if that. If I can tell anybody anything, I'm going to say, get honest. Yeah, You know, right. tell your spine. I don't care what it is. Just be honest. Yeah. If they start hollering, let them holler. You know, uh, because once once you cut that off, once I'm on my own without you, you know, because we get sober, I don't. Mm-hmm. And uh, once I eliminated other people from what I had going on in my head, it was over anyway for me. Yeah, yeah, wow. So, you, would you, if you had to summarize the, you know, why you didn't stay sober after the first time, would that be it? Yeah, craving. And uh, it was me. Yeah. You know, it, it just, you know, I came down here and uh, I was the same butthole that went to all those places in Nashville. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They did what they could, but I, I was just, you know, I was going to do it on my own. I'm not going to, you know, I, I didn't like the God thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's stuff in my history, uh, in my family. Uh, you know, I, I didn't like church. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go into it. But right. <clears throat> just didn't. So what was the? So 2002 was the first time, and then you came back in 2008. You said was that 2006? 2006. Yeah. So what was 2002 between 2002 and 2006? What was I that? I stayed sober about six months. Okay. I, re- I really tried, and you know, I was working somewhere. I won't say where. And uh, management had done something, and I was just angry about it, you know. And and I'd call, I but I think I did call my sponsor, and he said, "How important is that?" Yeah. And I'm going. It's important. It's not fair. Say I know fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big one. I think yeah. everything's yeah. got to be fair. But anyway, this wasn't fair, and so I just drove in one night, you know. And that was me, buddy. You know, just one night. I'm driving home. And I pull right in the store. You know, I'm going to get a 12 pack. I'm not going to drink. I'm just, I'm not going to drink. I'm not, I'm not going to start drinking, but I am going to drink this 12 pack. Mm-hmm. And I'll be okay with just one. So, <laughs> 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 uh, of course, that started the whole shebang up. In my insanity, I thought, well, I don't know any drug dealers in Atlanta, so I'll be okay. And so I think after the third or fourth beer, I took off in the car and went looking for a drug. You, drug dealers aren't hard to find Yeah, if you're looking for them, you know. But anyway. So, and then so you uh, you started again, and so it was like two and a half, three years of that before coming back? No, to- I'm, I've stayed out about a year. Oh, okay. And, and it was... And at this time, I didn't I didn't smoke it with anybody. I was such an idiot because I didn't and I didn't want to be home mm-hmm. if, if my ex wife came home. And so I was living my ex wife, and I still do love her to death. But anyway, um, I would go to these parks and 
I would smoke crack in these parks over by the river. <laughs> and I would get up in there and get all geeked out, and I would hear squirrels and deer, <laughs> and it just, as far as I was concerned, it was the vice, you know, driving through right. the woods coming to get me. It was just absolutely miserable. It sounds Mis- awful. Oh, it's awful. Uh, you know, I would, uh, I had a job, and I'd get if I had to get there early in the morning, I, I would smoke crack till four in the morning, and then drink beer trying to come down, and then go to work. Yeah, just absolutely crazy. And and you know, the more I talk about it, the more I know how blessed I am. I'm, mm. I'm so blessed today because that was me. You know, uh, like I said, I. Um, I, I was able. I, I used again for about a year, mm-hmm. and uh, and and but it, but it wasn't the same, you know. I mean, it it was it was lower doses because the money, you know, it wasn't there, and I was trying to trying to this and trying to that. But I mean, you know, trying to control crack is <laughs> it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's real miserable <laughs> to limit yourself. Right. Yeah. Cracks, Cracks to be done all at once mm-hmm. and destroy your life. That's right. the only way you can enjoy it. <laughs> you got to sell you. You got to sell that car, you know, <laughs> in your house and everything, oh. in order to enjoy it. But anyway, I came back to Mark, and I'm, I'm a total mess, and uh, and I'm still go- using tons of money, and and uh, and and I, I came and talked to Doug. Talked to Doug and Doug, he said, "Well, I'm gonna let you back in, and uh, you be here tomorrow." It, it, I think he, I don't know, nine o'clock, something mm-hmm. like that. But the, immediately in my mind, well, I'm thinking the whole time he's talking, I'm thinking about this one stinking piece of jewelry I got left. That pops in my mind. Well, there's gonna be a party tonight, yeah. and then I'll come tomorrow. What a gr- what a what a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> And so, <laughs> and so I leave there. I say, yes, Doug, I'm going to be back here tomorrow. And so I go get that gold bracelet and goes hock it off for about a tenth of what it was worth and get the cash. And so I stay up all night, you know, some drinking, smoking crack, and a big mess. And so I show back up over here. At 9 a.m.? Were you on time? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I come in and, uh, well, here I am, Doug. And he goes, what'd you do last night? <laughs> and I'm like getting mad, you know, because I know what he did. Yeah. I'm like, well, what difference does it make what I did last night? I'm here right now. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> ready <to go." laughs> nah, can't let you in like that. So they're playing. I went to uh, Peachford and stayed okay. over there for a week, so that was they were not about to let me in. Yeah, there, you know, and uh, and I today I certainly wouldn't blame them. You know, it, it, I could have wrecked the whole place, <laughs> <laughs> led everybody over to a crack house or something. But uh, and uh, this the, this treatment was a lot different. They were very kind to me. When I, because I was such a mess. And, At Mar, uh, you're talking about? Yeah, or the first, no, the first time, but they had decided, I, I, I could tell they had decided that that course of uh, uh, treatment wouldn't, wouldn't work. <laughs> the first, the, oh, like being nice the first time didn't work. 
Well, they were nice and and they were good because I was such a mess. Yeah, right, right. And obviously, I could sit in here for thirteen months and run right back out and, yeah. and smoke crack. So this time, it, uh, they just weren't gonna let me have my way on anything. And I had this, <laughs> I had this uh, counselor, what Tommy Moran, mm-hmm. and he just was not gonna, you know, he wasn't going along with anything. And what had finally happened. You know, I thought I was out of the clear because a, a couple people in my community had gotten drunk. I wasn't. I always, I, I, I do treatment. I try to do the best I can in treatment. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty much if I get in a controlled environment, I, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm good till I get out. Yeah. You know, I don't. Want, but anyway, uh, I thought, well, I'm, I'm good. And uh, what I had done, I went to him. And, Here's how crazy I am. You know, I'm, I'm. I'm fifty something years old, uh, and 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 I'm dying. I've been in treatment centers most of my life, you know, trying to get off alcohol, alcohol or drugs or something. And all of a sudden, I'm worried about the oil in the car. I'm terrified about the oil. I'm just worried. I start the more I think about it, the more I'm upset about the oil in my car because I can't remember the last time I changed <laughs> the oil. So I know I've got to get this oil changed. Yeah. And so I'm totally focused. Instead of me now, I've got to, I've got to change. So I go to Tommy. I've got to change my oil, and, uh, and he he gives me a twenty dollar bill. He says, "Okay, you you can find a, a sale or something. And you can get the oil." <laughs> so I immediately I go to the car, open the glove compartment. There's a checkbook. There's no money in the bank, but uh-huh. there's a checkbook, which that didn't matter much to me. Yeah. I had a check. Yeah. <laughs> and so I go and order the full treatment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I write them a hot check, get the full treatment done, uh, spend half the money, and then come back over here. <laughs> and, and believe it or not, I am that crazy. And 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 I, I think I'm I think I'm doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm coming over here, and I'm gonna, I'm going to get honest with it, and I think that's being honest, and that's scary in itself <laughs> right. to even have a 53 year old man thinking that way. And so I come back over here, so well, you know, that wasn't enough to do what I needed done to the car, and uh, you know, and I spent most of the money, <laughs> and and I wrote a check. For the oil change. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's just looking at me, and I thought it was just, you know, he didn't say much. He wasn't mad. And he said, well, let me think about it. And, uh, and so I just sort of forgot about it. You, mm-hmm. know? you know, that ain't bad. Yeah. I, I'm just not like I'm sitting in the hall smoking crack and drinking. Right. You know, I just got a little oil change problem. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 so anyway... <laughs> He calls me back in about a week later. He said, "All right, Daryl, you're out." And I and I and I and I, because me and him been fighting anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't because uh, I didn't like him. Yeah, he's up in my face, and I, you know he 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 was showing me I'm not a nice guy. I'm just a nice guy as long as I can get my way. And absolutely, I was showing it. I was showing it so much that I was embarrassing myself, but I just couldn't stop. And and so I'm I'm giving him I'm calling him in every name in the book. I get up and I walk up and down the house aisle and finally this goes on and, and you know, I'm begging him to keep me in there. And uh and finally I just lose it and start crying. 
You know, I'm just losing it because things ain't going my way. I can't make them go my way. It's just not happening. I'm just, I'm not in control. This is, ship is sinking and I ain't in control of nothing. And uh, he says, you're out. And I, and I, and finally I, I started talking to him. I said, you got to help me. I said, you know, you know where I go. You know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. He said, well, you're going to have to not do that. And uh, after that was the first time I actually called and needed a sponsor, I mm. think. I actually called and talked to my sponsor, and and we tried working together. But I'm still an arrogant SOB. And, but anyway, uh, I, I stayed in this other halfway house for, for a, uh, a while. After he kicked you out? Yes. Mm. Yes, I went over there, and I stayed in that halfway house, and— uh, and, and then finally moved back home, and I'm working with the sponsor, but I've still, you know, I've still got that desire. I've still got a desire to drink. I've still got a desire every once in a while to smoke, to smoke the stuff. And it, and it's like, is this never gonna? Ever, is this the way I gotta live? I can't live like this. And um, cause yeah, to tell you the truth, I've had a, a a craving to do something ever since I was a little kid. I need something. You got to give me something. I can't sleep. I'm too anxious. Da 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 da. I need. There, I'm not enough on my own to make it. I got. I got to have something. And um, and eventually, um, it, it, it one weekend, it, 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 there was nobody. I think my sponsor was out of town, and and Linda was gone to see her kids. I, I don't know if that's exactly it, but I had the time. Uh-huh where I could get alone in the dark and just do what I wanted to do. And I did that. I started drinking. I went and got cracked. And uh, and, it, and it immediately turned into a mess. You know, I'm sitting there. And, uh, you know, I always, I've always had this denial mm-hmm. that, you know, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get with my sponsor. I'm going to work the steps and I'm going to get off this stuff. And I'm going to, and it, tomorrow's been going on since 1979. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. That's when I picked up my first uh, white chip. Right. It was in Knoxville. And, uh, and, and I didn't believe it anymore. I didn't believe nothing I was thinking. It, I, I, I knew I was going to die like this. Mm. It's, it, uh, I'm never going to stop. Uh, I'm gonna lie. I'm gonna hurt everybody around me, you know. And, and I was. I was hurting everybody in the family around me. I, I was hurting Linda. Anybody that knew me was getting hurt, cause they're sitting there calling. Cause everybody knows, you know. After a while, if you're not answering, if you're the kind of person that always answers the phone, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're not answering. Uh, but anyway, I'm sitting there smoking, and 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 it just. You know, just like you know, if I if I could have just had a painless way to end my life, I'd have done it. But I didn't, and I'm you know I'm too much of a coward. I'm grateful I was too much of a coward. But anyway, um, uh, my wife came home that day, and she looked at me and just started crying. She said, "I can't believe it," you know. And uh, and uh, I I don't know whether it was that night. Yeah, I think it was that night. My my cat got sick. It may have been the next day, but my cat got sick, and uh, <clears throat> and I'm and it, it, it was 
deathly sick, and so I took it to the vet, and 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 the vet's going, "What's going on? This cat's vitals are all just messed up," and I'm freaking out, you know, and because uh, I'm about half drunk, and and so I go back home, and uh, you know, I. I I didn't pray for me to be sober. I didn't pray for anything for me at all. I just got down on my knees and I prayed for that cat to pull through. I asked God to help me, and uh, and He did. <clears throat> and uh, no, it's just uh, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you the cat wouldn't have pulled through. I'm not trying to say that. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to build this up more than, you know, I don't, I don't want to be ridiculous about it. Uh, I did not see a burning bush. But in that same time period, <clears throat> my de- my desire in to use alcohol and drugs went away. And I've done enough drugs. I mean, that's my job <laughs> is to do dope and, yeah. and be numb. And try to handle it, and 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 I knew that that that's not normal. Uh-huh. You, it, it, you have to go through a period of adjustment to be able to function a little bit because the cravings you have to wait for those to they don't just yeah. snap away. But it all went away. My wow. entire my 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 desire to use drugs and 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 it all went away. And and the only thing different about it, not only did I pray for the cat, I started praying to God. Because I wanted the cat to live, mm-hmm. you know. Please forgive me for being angry. And I started talking to God that like that day, and and uh, and things got better. Wow. And and you know, I thought, uh, you know, if I'm not drinking and doing dope, I might be all right at this yeah. AA thing. <laughs> so I called my sponsor, and uh, and I said, yeah, and we met. And, and I said, listen, I, I've been jerking you around. You know that. I've been drinking. But uh, I, I will, I, if, you, if you don't want to be my sponsor, I understand that, and I'll go find somebody else. But if you do, I'll just let you know that you tell me what to do, and I'll do it. I never told anybody that before. Never. What are they going to tell me? I need to know mm-hmm. <laughs> what you're going to tell me. Because I'm not taking a chance on a thing like that. But I just let go of the whole situation. I said, you tell me what to do, and I'll do it. And uh, immediately, my things things got better for me. Oh, wow. When I started talking to other people about what I need to be doing. And um, and, and, and it was just, a, 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 like I said, my life started getting better. Uh, the cat pulled out, uh, pulled out of his sickness and uh, Mushu is the name. It's a female. And anyway, I bring her home and, and and I start working with the sponsor and I start praying. Man, I pray. I don't want to say religiously, but I don't. I don't. I mess up in life, but there's a few things. I mean, when when he when he helped me, and not only did I know that God loves me, I know that God likes me, mm. and that was sort of important to me. You know, I just. Because I spent the young part of my life, I hated the church. I hated everybody in that church. They didn't like the, my father's business, and uh, I had a, and, and there was a sermon one time about the the drive-in being a sin pit. Mm. And in my and I looked, and my mother was crying. And I was really angry. 
I hated their guts. I hated them so bad that for uh, once I did once I did grow up to get a car. Sometimes on Saturdays I'd take all my beer cans and throw them out in front of <laughs> as a way of saying yeah. thank you. Right. Daryl's been over here, right? But you know that's silly in itself. But I mean, you know, I can tell you in the early '60s places were a lot different. Yeah, and uh, that that place that I was at when I was a kid is gone. And and uh, but anyway. Um, it, it, it for me it has been there's some certain things I knew absolutely uh, because of my history and because uh, that I, I leave little women alone in AA I uh-huh. don't I don't that's I've stuck to uh-huh. I don't bother no women in AA I stick with the men and uh, you know it says somewhere in the book you know. Um, if if we harm people, you know, we may not get drunk. I know I will get drunk uh-huh. because God's already given me a lot of chances, and He's done a big miracle miracle for me. And and I have a choice whether to go in and cause some harm to people in AA or not, and I'm not going to do it. Yeah, and uh, and I think that's one of the many reasons I'm sober today. Yeah. Well, it, I what was it you think? Um, about Mar that can, that you connected with? I think Tommy Moran just told me the truth. Mm. And I didn't want to hear it. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I, think, I think he just let me have it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't like to hurt people, but he saved my ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. so did Doug Brush. I mean, I mean, and so did a lot of people here. But Doug Brush one time, I mean, I finally told Doug the second time I was here, he, he had said something to me, and I just looked at him, and I was growling because I was angry, of course. I said, don't you know I'm an atheist? And he said, he said the strangest thing to me. He said, you know, an atheist is most desperate of believers. And I'm walking down the hall, and I can't believe I said this to Doug Brush because, you know, I mean, if you can find a saint walking the earth, it's Doug. <laughs> He's like, you know what I mean? And I'm yeah. this prick. You know, how big of a prick am I going to be in here? <laughs> I really need a drink at <laughs> this place. But, um, and I'm sitting in there like, what is happening to me? Uh-huh. How, how rotten am I to say something like the Doug? You know, but it was the truth. Uh-huh. You know, that just I would I've I've fought against uh, any kind of belief in God. Mm-hmm. You know, what was the the experience like too of being in the community here, like living in the community? Was that helpful for you? You think? In oh terms God, of- yes, yes. I think that. I think had, had I really, I mean, I wish I had gotten involved in AA and, and done the things that I was supposed to do. I just wasn't. I wasn't going to do it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was one of those guys that's supposed to die. But I didn't do this stuff till after I got out. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not you weren't really participating in the community and stuff. Oh, I was here. participating, but. Yeah. Uh, like I said, ever since I was a kid, I've always craved something. Uh-huh. I didn't think there was a chance in hoot that I would ever get sober because I've always craved something. I mean, how long can you sit around and crave? Crave anything. I mean, and uh, uh, you know, after about six months, it gets old. 
to lay there. All I need is one big fat blue volume, and I this will go away. Right. You know, but I never could stop there. Yeah. You know, and um, I couldn't. You know, I, I I just couldn't. I was too preoccupied with the way I feel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's absolute. You know, it's all. It's in that book. I'm just. I was so selfish and self-centered. You know. Definitely seems like to me that you're part of the Mar family. You're at the banquet, and when I told Doug that you were coming by, he said, "Oh, that'll be great. That'll be great." It's like you're, even though you got kicked out, <laughs> you're still uh, you're still very much a part of this place. And thank you, yeah, thank you. But you know what? It's the one thing about me sobering up, and it always was that that is 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 the regeneration of my ego. Mm-hmm. It, I would just, you know, I, I, the, the, the only time I was sane is when I was in detox because mm-hmm. I realized this stuff's killing me. Yeah. And the longer I was away from it, it seemed like all that went away and I became this arrogant SOB again. And I'm not like that today. Mm-hmm. You know, I see my faults and, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't live in them. Yeah. But there is things I can do more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, do you, so what would you say to somebody who was thinking about coming to Mar? Oh, I would say, uh, you know, it, it's the only place it worked for me. You know what I mean? Like I said, I wasn't going to make it. Mm-hmm. If I, if I had not come here, uh, if <sighs> there were some people actually cared you know what I mean? It, 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 I, I don't know. I, I I don't know if I would have made it if, if uh, these people, if, if Matt Irwin and Tommy Moran, if these other people had not been here, mm. if Doug Brush hadn't have been here. I mean, it, you know. Even though even though you went out and relapsed afterwards, that's still that's oh, yeah. still that was still part of I'd why be, you got. I'd be dead today. Wow. There's no doubt in my mind at all. If if. If I hadn't let God in, you know, I, I need Mar, but you, all, all Mar wants you to do, you know, it, it, everybody talks about following the rules. You got to follow the rules. They mm-hmm. want, to, they want you to get involved in AA, get God in your life, get a sponsor, do what the sponsor tells you, and be happy. Yeah, that's what they want. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and then people come in like, I don't want to, you know, I yeah. ain't, you ain't gonna tell me what I'm not gonna be happy. You know, I've, I've got to get back to the woman. I've got to get back. You know, it's, my God, we're nuts. <laughs> it's like we have this opportunity to get better and we fight it tooth right. and nail. It's horrible. What would be one thing that you would pass on to somebody who is listening, if you could? Um, stay. Just give them our chance and stay. Are you talking about patience? Anyone listening, yeah. Yeah, this, uh, you know, alcoholism, it, it gets worse all the time. I mean, you got to find some way to see that, you know what I mean? You got to finally come to the realization this is what it is. It's going to get worse, and it's never, ever going to get better ever again. Those dreams you had, all that good stuff that happened in the beginning is over. It's never coming back. I want to tell you something. I used to relapse, and I'd get a 12-pack, and I'd park... Uh, and I would park somewhere, and on about the fourth beer, I, I kept thinking, "There's something wrong with the beer. It's not. It's <laughs> never, there's something wrong with this beer." 
every time. Uh-huh. There wasn't anything wrong with the beer. It just didn't do the, what it used to do. But I was convinced there's something wrong with the beer. All right. But, um, yeah, I, w- I, w- I would say get over here and stay. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it turned out so simple for me. You tell a man that, that's got a book and works the steps, tell me what to do, and I'll do it. That's mm-hmm. it. There, you know, if you want to get sober, just do that and just do what he does. That's great. That's a, that's as simple as it gets. Huh? Yeah, you don't even have to think, <laughs> yeah. which is good for me. Yeah, because I did have a lot of brain damage, uh-huh. and uh, I don't have to. I can sort of follow people around. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Daryl, for doing this. It's been fun getting to know you and and just chatting and hearing your story. So appreciate you doing this. Thank you. Anytime. Thanks for listening to the Mar Experience Stories of Recovery. I'm Matt Shedd. Our show is co-produced by Angela Edmonds and our executive producer is David Tate. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.